You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? We got a lot to catch up on. Welcome to Locked On Vikings. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Reliably low prices amazing selection and all of the car parts your car will ever need. Head on over to rockauto.com right now and let them know that Locked On sent you. We have a lot to talk about. There are a lot of roster moves, a lot of cuts, a lot of ads. We have some COVID-19 news and uh, some other stuff. There are a lot of things to catch up on, so we will catch up on everything that happened over the weekend. And I would like to start with some of the odds and ends of roster transactions. It's a little bit dry, but there is quite a bit that happened. I'll start with the updates to the COVID-19 reserve list. As we stand right now, as I'm recording this, the Vikings only have one player left on COVID-19 reserve. Well, two officially, uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. The only one who is still on COVID-19 reserve is Oli Udo, as Armin Watts uh, came off of the list very shortly after being added to it, which is nice. Probably means it was a false positive, or he was asymptomatic, or just exposed, but didn't contract it. Any one of those things. We'll never know which. We don't really have to. Uh, They, of course, also activated Tyler Higbee, although he was waived. If you remember from the Storytime series, he was the one who had, he went to Michigan State uh, and he had like 10 of his Michigan State teammates came down to help him like clean up his neighborhood after Hurricane Harvey. That was that guy. Uh, He was waived. Apparently they didn't see him in the top 80. So when he came off of COVID-19 reserve, they didn't want to waive somebody else to make a spot for him, which is a huge bummer just because, I mean, he never got a chance, right, to like actually prove that he uh, belonged on the team. He was an undrafted free agent and he never really got a shot to like move up. He never even practiced with the team. His first day there, he had the, uh, positive COVID-19 test and then he was stuck there and like wasn't even able to work out in front of the coaches. It's a huge bummer and I I hope he gets another opportunity elsewhere. They also signed a free agent linebacker, Quentin Poling. I'll talk about him a good bit in a moment. Uh, And to make room for all of the players coming back onto the roster, Armin Watts and Quentin Poling, they cut Tony Brooks-James, the uh, running back, and he had a really big thing about, like, him taking on two names. He had a very interesting ride through, like, Pittsburgh and through other places in the NFL. He was uh, the the running back that, like, maybe would have challenged with, uh, you know, Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah, although it was always pretty unlikely that he was going to be able to make that, but he did have quite a journey to get to this point. And Braylon Addison, who had the most up and down roller coaster journey, maybe one of my favorites that I told in the Storytime series this year, uh, he was cut, which is a huge bummer, at least for me, because I really liked his story and I was really rooting for him to succeed as unlikely as it would have been. The other big thing uh, on the COVID-19 list is the story of Cam Smith and what happened to him. Uh, Before I get into that, I'll get into that uh, right now in a second here. We'll also talk about uh, roster implications of some of this stuff. Um, We'll talk about Quentin polling today. And if we have time, there is also a really strong likelihood that there won't be a college football season. And while, you know, this year's draft was weird, that means a lot of weird things for next year's draft. 
draft. So if we have time, I would love to talk about it. But first, I want to talk about some of the like player by player stuff that happened over the weekend. We'll start with the Cameron Smith deal. So he is currently on the COVID-19 reserve list. Officially, he'll probably go on IR soon. But the long and short of it is he needs open heart surgery and he's going to miss the 2020 season. But how we got to this point is actually like kind of incredible. And I think it's a story worth telling if you didn't catch it. So when Cam Smith uh, showed up to camp and he got his COVID-19 test, he tested positive for it. He actually said in his statement uh, announcing everything about the open heart surgery, he said, yeah, when I tested positive for COVID-19, additional testing pertinent to that revealed uh, a heart issue. That means he's going to have to have open heart surgery. So when you test positive for COVID-19 and you actually like have it, they do a lot of tests of like your respiratory system and your cardiovascular system to help monitor and make sure that there aren't going to be any long lasting effects or, you know, what to do if there are long lasting effects. They're basically monitoring a lot of your systems just to see what kind of damage the disease is doing to you, which it can do quite a bit, uh, especially if you're somebody like Von Miller who has asthma. And so as part of that testing, uh, they, I would guess is an ultrasound that they took, uh, but whatever heart test, uh, revealed something called a bicuspid aortic valve or BAV for short. So in a healthy aorta, it is like divided into kind of three chambers. The big valve is divided into three chambers and there's like tissue uh, separating it into thirds. You can think of it as kind of like a peace sign with like three distinct chambers. And with a bicuspid aortic valve, there's only two chambers or sometimes there's like one big one and two really small ones or something like that. It's not in like the divided into the perfect thirds like it's supposed to be. It's something you have from birth and it's fairly common. So this, while it's open heart surgery, and of course that's always a little scary, it's a fairly common open heart surgery procedure, which is nice and a little bit relieving. You might remember, if you're old enough, uh, that Arnold Schwarzenegger actually had the same thing, and he had two valve surgeries to try to repair it. So this is what Cam Smith is going to have to go through now, uh, and he, I think, is targeting 2021 for an actual return to play. And so you may be wondering, like, well, wait, how did he get, like, he played all through college and all through high school and even a year of NFL. How is, you know, how did this not ever, like, come up? And it's one of those things that can just kind of come in, come up out of nowhere and, like, cause a problem out of nowhere. And at least according to the little research that I did, it's something that could, like, cause all sorts of cardiovascular anomalies that you don't really want to mess with. Essentially, the point of the chambers and, like, dividing the aorta into thirds, the reason that that's like that is to help regulate blood flow in the same way that, like, lane dividers regulate traffic, right? It just, like, straightens everything out. And when you only have two and it's the same size aorta, but now it's just, like, less organized, you can get clotting, you can get all sorts of wacky heart stuff that you don't want to mess with. So he is going to, I, I would imagine, Imagine once he is no longer symptomatic, he's no longer contagious, and the COVID-19 problem is away, he'll go onto IR, he'll go get that open heart surgery, and he'll target a 2021 return. So that means that, of course, he won't be a part of the roster, and I actually had him making the 53-man roster as one of the kind of last guys on the roster that I actually had actually put on there, uh, but that actually means that I'm going to have to change my prediction, obviously. Uh, and that brings me to another thing, a quick correction. I had been saying throughout uh, most of the last couple of weeks, uh, as I was talking about the practice squad, the 16-man practice squad, and uh, with regard to the four protected players on the practice squad, I'd been saying that basically you could use it as a red shirt. Uh, I, I had found somebody pointed out to me, a couple people pointed out to me that that is incorrect. Uh, and I found a Brandon Bean explainer, the, the GM of the bill, 
Bills explained it to the press and basically said on Tuesday of every week, you choose four players who are protected. And so that means that it's kind of, a, it's, at least as far as he understands, it's a free-for-all for the days leading up to that Tuesday. So if you did want to cut somebody, then, uh, and this is I, basically what I thought was, what I thought would happen with DJ Wanham because he's like very raw, right? And he's very like unpolished and it would be good to like redshirt him and kind of give him the treatment that you gave Drew Samia last year. Um, but it seems like you can't do that that way. If you did want to cut him and like try to stash him on the practice squad, he would be exposed to waivers, at least the first part. And then you could protect him, you know, week over week over week, but he would be exposed to to waivers, uh, like on cut day right away in that like week one window and somebody would totally poach him. So what I'll do is, uh, I'll keep five linebackers, 10 defensive linemen. I think the Vikings might actually only keep five linebackers. The only other options are Jordan Fair, Blake Lynch and, uh, DeMarcus Gates. And then of course, Quentin Poling, who they just picked up. I'll talk to him about him in a while, but I'm not putting him on the roster prediction right now. Uh, and I, I think that they probably would want to keep DJ one over all those guys in the scenario that I've created here where he where like, that's the obvious guy that would actually make the roster uh, instead of one of the linebackers. So now I, that's that's the roster change that I'll make and a quick correction because I, I said that stuff wrong uh, and and don't want that to just hang out there in the ether. So I will talk about Quentin polling in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you about your car. I actually want to talk to you about my car because my car is in the shop right now and it's pretty annoying. I had the check engine light come on. And did you know that most check engine lights, the pattern by which the check engine light comes on, like matters? Like if it's on solidly, that's a different problem than uh, if it's like blinking. Because I sure didn't, and uh, I'm glad I know that now. Uh, and there is a lot of stuff in maintaining your car that you probably should be on that you don't even know that like you need to be on. And if you ever figure something like that out, or you need to order a quick park car part, uh, Rock Auto is the place for you. They have an um, unbelievable selection, no matter what your car is, make, model, gear, whatever. You can just enter that stuff into a drop down, and it'll show you a great menu of all the stuff you could ever need. Everything from oil to parts to tires to windshield shield wiper blades, anything. And a lot of that stuff is pretty easy, especially when it's cosmetic to install yourself. So if you want to give that kind of thing a try, head on over to Rock Auto. They'll give you a great deal, better than what you would get at like a car parts store pretty much all of the time. And in the how you heard about us section, please tell them that Locked On sent you because if you don't, my now ex-wife will take everything. Gomer, Ohio is a very small town you probably haven't heard of. It's got like 100, 130 people. Uh, and Quentin Poling, by his own admission, is probably not the most famous person to come out of there. There have been some other athletes who have uh, accomplished some things, and there's probably a third of that small town that hadn't even heard of him. Uh, in an interview, at least he did, right around the time when he was drafted by the Raiders. He went to the University of Ohio. Not Ohio State, the, the Ohio Bobcats. And in his redshirt freshman year, he got in a little bit of trouble. He was partying. He was only 20. Uh, he partook in some beverages, and he ended up uh, getting arrested. And it's an important part of his story, not because it, like, defines him or anything like that, and it very quickly goes on not to, but more because it sort of establishes a moment that then like informs all the other successes that he has at the University of Ohio. So he plays, uh, he starts at linebacker in each of the next four years. He's a fixture 
at the University of Ohio. He becomes a team captain, all Mountain American Conference, and one of those like high production guys that gets a look, you know, late in the draft from a smaller school. So he ends up getting drafted by the Miami Dolphins. He has a okay preseason, not good enough to make the team, uh, but he spends the whole 2018 season on the practice squad. He never gets activated. And then the 2019 season, so that was 2018 when he got drafted. 2019 was a total whirlwind. He ends up getting an undisclosed injury. I couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, and he ends up on the waived slash injury list. A few weeks later, presumably the amount of time it took for him to like get healthy, he ends up going to Oakland in their last year as the Oakland Raiders. They sign him to the practice squad and he's there for most of the year until a November game when they needed a little bit of extra help in special teams due to injury and he gets promoted for one game. The only NFL game he's ever played actually as an active player, he gets in on five kickoff returns. After that, he ends up getting waived. Uh, he ends up getting put back on the practice squad for like two seconds and then released from that. I guess they didn't need him anymore. And Atlanta puts him on the practice squad for a hot second, but they don't end up bringing him back. Uh, the Raiders end up signing him to the futures deal. That's what happens to practice squad players uh, who weren't actually on a roster, but you kind of, you know, you want to invite them back for next camp. You have them sign a futures deal. Uh, and he signed that with the now Las Vegas Raiders. But in May, in this last May, they ended up cutting him to deal with, you know, whatever else they were dealing with. And it wasn't until this last, uh, I think it was like Friday, that he ends up getting another chance. And now he can come in and compete for uh, the roster again. He's had two training camps. He didn't make uh, the team his rookie year, of course, and he got hurt his sophomore year. So this is his second, like, real, like, actual healthy chance to make a team. And, of course, the linebacker room got a little bit weird. Like I said, in my 53-man prediction, I'm not going to put any of these guys on, but I actually love Quentin Poling for the practice squad. Um, I think, and of course, there have, now that I've promoted DJ Wanham and corrected that little mistake, uh, I do have a spot there, and I think I might put Quentin Poling on it. He is a pretty good athlete. He ran a 4.58, 40, 4.7 is like average for a linebacker, so that's really good. He had a 6.8 second uh, three-cone drill that's really good. He had an, an over a 10-foot broad jump. There are linemen who aren't that powerful. So, like, he had really, really good pro day testing. He didn't go to uh, the combine. But he basically came out of the draft as like a small school super athlete. So, of course, Rick Spielman's interested in, in that kind of guy, right? Like late round linebacker super athlete. Uh, and so it's it'll be interesting. Of course, two years in, you kind of want to like pay more attention to the super athletes that are already there. So I kind of like him for the practice squad. I'm going to put one of him or Jordan Fair on the practice squad. I did say in a previous show and somebody called me out on it. So thank you. I forget who you are, but thank you uh, that I that he like wasn't a good athlete. Definitely wrong. Jordan Fair is a pretty good athlete. Um, so I, I think I. I'm going to go with, I think I'm still going to go with polling just because he's had a couple of years and the Vikings were interested in him despite those failures. That kind of makes me think that they're more, they're like already, they've already shown that they're willing to overlook the like failure to make the Dolphins in 2018 and the failure to like stick on the other rosters and the Raiders and the Falcons and stuff. Of course, when it comes to these like kind of athletics, but small school kind of prospects, you tend to see a, a little bit of, they, they tend to get like under it. I guess Jordan Fair went to Appalachian State too. So they're kind of on equal footing. So maybe I'll change my mind about that. I got, I, I'm not going to like, I can't defer this. I got to decide right now. 
I'm going to go with Jordan Fair, actually. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do that. I, I think that like we've seen him be incapable of making rosters. We haven't seen Jordan Fair be incapable of making or like fail to make rosters yet. So I'm going to go with Jordan Fair on the practice squad. And, and Quinton Poling is just going to be kind of a guy to fill out the room because now Cam Smith isn't going to be there. And of course, Ben Gideon is still on pup. So they need an extra guy. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Jordan Fair on the practice squad. And sorry to Quinton Poling. As good of an athlete as he is, and I can see why the Vikings are excited about him, I'm, I don't think he's going to come in and suddenly like replace Ben Gideon or anything like that. So I do have a little bit of time. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the college scene, even though that's not particularly like pertinent to the Vikings. Unfortunately, we can't see what is going on with the Vikings because training camp isn't open to the media uh, thanks to coronavirus protections, which I get it. It's smart, but I'm still going to gripe and moan about it because I want to watch training camp. It's like my favorite thing. But coming up, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the college scene right now and how that will possibly affect the NFL. So stick around. So college football's on fire, y'all. It is a chaotic situation. Now, I won't pretend to be the biggest expert on this. There are other Locked On podcasts if you're interested. There's like a Locked On LSU, a Locked On TCU and stuff uh, that we can turn to for a little bit more counsel in this time. But for convenience, I'll give you the skinny as best as I understand it. So, of course, every sport is trying to figure out how they can possibly have a season amidst COVID-19. The NBA seems to be doing a great job. They haven't had a positive test in forever. They've got their bubble going. Everything's going well, unless you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan. Uh, I'm sorry, that was below the belt. Uh, there's the NHL. They're doing their strange playoff thing. Uh, pour one out for the wild. There's baseball, which is not going nearly as well. They uh, are not doing a bubble, and it's not going very well, and it maybe portends poorly for the NFL, who also won't be doing a bubble, although logistically, it, it would be really hard for me to figure out how you'd do that. You'd have to basically, like, build a whole, like, a giant range of fields somewhere out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. You'd have to, like, do construction, and, like, you wouldn't be able to just, like, lay out some floorboards like you can for a basketball court. Like, the logistics of that would be completely nuts. Maybe it's a better idea. I don't know. It doesn't seem like right now uh, the COVID-19 impacts on the NFL are like that bad. There's still, we've we've been in many consecutive days of like twice as many players coming off the COVID list as going on it, which is really nice. I think we've had like, yeah, I think uh, on Sunday, at least eight players came off it, four went on it. That's really, really nice. And kind of what you would hope, right? A couple idiots go out, go to a Trader Joe's and, and get sick. But for the most part, things are uh, being curbed. And when a player does test positive, it doesn't seem like it's causing a huge Miami Marlins style outbreak. Although the Dolphins did have an issue. I don't know. Listen to Locked On Dolphins if you want to know more about that. Of course, the WNBA, Go Lynx, is doing the same bubble thing. It seems to be going very well. But then you have college football, and they haven't really figured out much of a system. And because college football has so many more moving parts than uh, like homogenous league like the NFL or the NBA, where they're all kind of under one umbrella, you know, college football, it's like 120 colleges, and you've got all the conferences, and they have all their own different rule sets and different things that they have to do. And, you know, having them come together and come under one, like all of those different panels coming together under one rule set doesn't seem like like that's it just doesn't work that way so then they've all got to like figure out their own rules they can't do interconference and there's all this stuff and on Sunday there was a headline that is like, basically all of the like leaders of power five college football were all going to have an emergency meeting and get together and the rumor was that the 2020 college football season is circling the drain that actually having college football is really 
looking less and less likely as uh, the the we draw closer to when they would actually have to play 2020 football. Division two and Division three have already canceled their seasons. This is already devastating to the NFL because those small school players make up a reasonable percentage of a decent of a, of a given draft they aren't like half of it or anything but there are always small school players peppered throughout people's practice squads and through people's undrafted free agent classes and this is going to affect that but all hope is not lost late on sunday night the players uh from trevor lawrence to a bunch of other people who you probably know better than i do justin fields also a big leader in that but like a whole bunch of like prominent college players kind of led by trevor lawrence who has become the unofficial voice of college football and it makes sense right he's the clemson superstar quarterback uh he they all came out with a unified statement under this banner that said like hashtag we want to play and it was a bunch of very uniony demands like we want testing we want to be able to play we want an opt-out clause a lot of stuff that we kind of see happen seen happen in the nfl and it leads you down a fairly political path where you kind of have to grapple with the reason that the ncaa isn't able to make these things happen even like if you ignore the fact that it's like multiple conferences and they're all sort of like different yet sort of semi tangentially related entities, but they're like different entities, unlike, you know, the, a division in the NFL where they're all, you know, playing by the same rules and stuff, they, none of, none of the conferences could figure out how to get a season either. And the problem is in a concept called amateurism. And you are, again, probably very familiar with this, but basically it's the excuse that the NCAA uses to do what they do without, like, paying the players extra wages or anything like that, and basically saying a scholarship is good enough for you to play and, and you know, basically be a football player for us for four years. We give you a scholarship, and that is a fair deal because this is an amateur thing. They say, this is not a professional sport. This is, ba they're basically saying that like from a legal standpoint, from a conceptual standpoint, this is a step above or, or a lateral thing with your pickup league at the Y. You aren't professional players and therefore you, you, you aren't going to get paid by like professional players. You're amateur players. And if you're an amateur player that's good enough to graduate to the NFL and go get money there, then more power to you and we support that. But in this, this is amateur and if you think about that for a half a second, that's completely ridiculous, right? College football is this huge multi-gajillion dollar industry. The coaches make millions of dollars, right? This isn't just some random, like, tax lawyer who is doing this on Saturdays like you would find at the Y. These are people who's like, their whole life, right, is to be a college football, uh, you know, guys like Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban. Calling college football amateur football is just, like, kind of ridiculous, and I don't think there's anybody actually inside the NCAA who disagrees with that. At, at least according to the reporting to the people with inside sources, they basically say, yeah, nobody takes the concept of amateurism seriously. It's more of a tool that they use in negotiations and a, a PR tactic to kind of obfuscate the idea that they are sustaining this multi-gajillion dollar industry on the work of a bunch of kids who are either not getting paid or getting grossly underpaid, depending on how you count a scholarship to a major, usually a public university. But the problem for the NCAA right now is that if they were to set up a situation where you could opt out and you could 
uh, you know, like toll your contract or if they were trying to mimic anything that the NFL has done or even things that like NBA, NHL and all of it have done to try to have a season amidst COVID-19, you basically like legally, you can't really pull any of that off without calling your players workers, without treating them as actual workers with contracts and wages and benefits and all that stuff. And the NCAA can't do that. They have an implicit agreement to say, you can do this as a part of your education with the, you know, university of Ohio state or whatever, but that's not work. If anything, it's maybe like work study, but it falls under a category that makes it really difficult logistically to put together an actual plan or to like alter that deal in any way to have opt-out clauses or insurances against COVID-19 and testing protocols and all that stuff that makes it really difficult. And so it basically puts the NCAA in a position where they have to say, we have to kind of implicitly admit that our players aren't amateurs. They're actually professionals and they have to be kind of like bargained with as such or not have a season. And it sounds right now like the NCAA would rather not have a season than admit that they should probably be be paying the players that make the season possible in the first place. That's the interpretation I get, at least. And uh, the players want to play. And so they have put together a a list of suggestions and a a possible path forward. We'll see if the NCAA listens at all. I mean, I I guess they have all of the legal right in the world to completely forfeit their season and all the money they would make off of that season if they wanted to preserve this, like, amateurism, like, facade that they have put up. And now we just kind of have to wait and see what happens and see if the NCAA is willing to play ball, both literally and figuratively, I guess. Uh, But what that means for the NFL and for like teams like the Vikings is uh, there's going to be a lot of questions about the draft. And I genuinely I don't know what you do if you're the NFL. Do you just delay the draft? Do you not have a 2021 draft? Do you like toll all the draft picks or something like that? That could really screw up some teams with like major plans. A team like the Patriots right now who are kind of gunning for a draft pick. I mean, what happens to Trevor Lawrence, right? He could go to the NFL today and be the number one pick, which makes it kind of interesting that he's the guy like who is like very gung ho about playing a final season at Clemson. He has absolutely nothing to gain from an NFL season. He will be number one overall pick absolutely in 2021 if he were to opt out of the NCAA season. So the fact that he like actually wants to take that risk just for the sake of like loyalty to Clemson and just because he wants to play football is kind of nuts. But I mean, what happens to uh, to players like Trevor Lawrence? Did they get the option of heading into the NFL if they wanted to? I mean, players who kind of could have had one more year of eligibility but could have declared for the draft, uh, did they get to make that decision? What if you were going to make that decision after the 2020 season? Do you have to make it now even though you didn't play a season? And if there is a draft and you just kind of say, all right, well, they all just didn't get a senior season. You just go off of what happened in their junior and sophomore years and whatever. For one, you're probably going to have a a thinner draft class because everybody's going to try to go back for a year if they can. And if they're out of eligibility, did they just lose their last year of eligibility for no reason? Like who would actually declare for the draft outside of like the top, top prospects who, you know, what about players like Cam Smith who wanted to go back to USC and and try to up their stock? There's a whole bunch of players like that. And it's really difficult to surmise what you would actually do in that situation. And it also requires a very strange legal world of needing the NFL to work in conjunction with the NCAA as two businesses that are not working under the same business model, where the NFL is a professional organization that has 
professional players and the NCAA is masquerading as an organization that cares more about education than the actual product of football. And having those two have to come to some sort of strange deal would be a really awkward negotiation. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to get worked out. For the Vikings specifically, they've got a ton of draft picks in 2021, if you remember. I mean, two of the picks that came from the Diggs trade were shifted up around and moved into 2021 to, as a, in an attempt to like maximize value. And if there aren't any players that are available, that could really get them shot in the foot versus a team like the Saints that traded some of their 2021 picks into the 2020 draft to try to get guys that they liked. They could actually end up being rewarded here because they sacrificed from a year that might have a worse talent pool on the whole. And that's just one possible scenario. You could have everything get like siphoned over a year. You could have a year with no draft and then the Vikings would actually be really rewarded because they drafted so many rookies. They've kind of got enough to sustain a couple classes and have a reasonably young roster without a bunch of contracts coming up and suddenly being in a free agent hell. They only have a couple of like major pending free agents in Dalvin Cook and Anthony Harris in the 2021 season. And everybody else is sticking around because of the robust size of the draft classes. So if there were no draft in 2021 or a particularly like small draft where you don't get as much help from rookies, the Vikings are actually set up to deal with that reasonably. But there's no way to determine what is going to happen here. It is really difficult as a person who like covers an NFL team, a fan of an NFL team, to understand what's going to happen a year from now. It's all very strange, uncharted waters, and all we can really do is sit back and hope things turn out okay. So on that note, I'm going to wrap up this episode of Locked on Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Talk about. I do have a mailbag. I'm trying to collect some questions. I'll link that in the show notes. So if you have any questions for me, I will get to them at some point in the week once I've collected enough. So uh, get them in. Ask me your questions about the Vikings, about not the Vikings. I don't care. This is the like invisible training camp. We got some time to kill. So let's chat. I will see you all tomorrow. This episode has been brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the car parts you will ever need. And please, for the love of my personal life, tell them that Locked On sent you if you go buy something from there in the How We Heard About You section. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can yell at me personally on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. I will see you all tomorrow again. And as always, Skull.